void of space. It never ends. It never will. And yet, here you are, drifting through the nothing. Will you float? Or will you sink? To the place where the mind melts and the body dies. Below the surface of reality. Here, the only thing you know is you and the stories you carry. Welcome to the Cryopod Tapes. Observation Part 1 Written by Jacob Chapman I'm going for observation tomorrow. Kessie's bright eyes looked up from watching her utensil move bits of food on her plate. Her dark makeup was especially thick tonight. And I could not figure out why the longer we dated, the blacker she shaded her eyes. She was beautiful either way, wild or subdued. But I could not help feeling that she was trying to find out what would sabotage our relationship. Again? She asked. She had hardly tasted her expensive meal. I reddened. I, I gave positive feedback. Don't you feel it's my duty to serve? You went in for observation last month. She poked at the layered vegetables with her knife. They don't own you, Mick. Everyone does it once. I have never heard of someone electing to do a second term of service. Make up an excuse to get out of it. I had a good experience. I sawed my steak and my plate squeaked as the knife made it through the meat. No one likes observation. She set her soiled knife down on the white tablecloth. Her voice was louder than necessary and she gained the attention of the neighbouring tables. I, I do, and uh, I, I did, and uh, it's... Uh, uh. I stammered. Wow. She said. She leaned back in her chair as if to take in all of me. The table obscured my lower half, but her mouth curved shy of a smile. I would rather have all my teeth drilled out than have a second observation. 
I never had any serious dental work done, but I certainly harbored no love for the awkward stretching of the mouth to allow tools to enter and inspect the hard-to-reach corners. I knew that her mocking tone was meant to be hurtful, but the words numbed me instead. Be reasonable. I want to do this. <sighs> okay. She caught the attention of our server and traded her plate for a bottle of wine. She downed the entire bottle in silence while I finished my steak. The only words she said was shit as she dropped her keys while extracting them from her handbag to her apartment door. Shit. She did not invite me inside. The city was meticulously wet, even though it only rained lightly. The clouds had pissed on downtown for 12 consecutive days. There was no reason to think it would let up for the short walk back to my apartment. I stood under the eave of Kessie's apartment, storing up some oxygen and wishing that I had asked to borrow Kessie's umbrella. There was little traffic as I made my way back to my own apartment. My corrective lenses and the unapologetic humidity made the streetlights streak in narrow beams and halos. The rain wetted my dark hair and shirt. I didn't mind the chill of night, but why did it have to be so damn wet? I didn't despise the rain. It just disturbed what should be a calm, orderly world. I kicked a piece of trash for seven easy steps before the energetic stream in the gutter claimed it. I did not want to stay mad at Kessie or the rain, but the rift and trickle was not my damn fault. I could not forget my observation. The aftermath of the experience was peaceful, restful, somehow hopeful. It was counterintuitive. The senseless suffering opened my mind. True, the nuances were macabre, but it was unlike anything I ever experienced. It was more like apotheotic inspiration than observation. I fumbled my own keys and entered my two-room apartment. I fetched and drank a cheap, strong libation while I took out the notebook in which I recorded my most pretentious thoughts. The first two pages about the observation did not make sense. But as I grasped and grappled with the muddy experience, the rhythm of my thoughts eased into poetry. The dark touches my eyes, gently removing light. I am a bead of bone, stung with cold sinew. I snap against distance. I feel pain like jamming fingers in running cogs. 
tears flow from my body? Or is it my dry blood shattering the distance? A light draws me closer. Four arms form a creature, arms twisting, wrenching pain from rocks, the very soil. What lives here in my mind? Nothing. Arid landscape. Mine is the only death, vomiting in the dust. I aspirate the shit. Without plan or panic, I bask in shallow warmth, the distant, dying star. I remembered the alien landscape on which I slowly died. Giant mountains of wind-worn stone-like monolithic teeth gnawing the sickly sky. Natural arches spanned treacherous gaps that engineers would not dare bridge. The world was a work of art crafted by time and happenstance. Yet, in the very same ammonia-saturated breath, I felt like I owned every rock. I purchased the planet with my pain. I wanted to populate the infertile ground. Instead, the lifeless sands devoured my mind. It was as if I abandoned my body to allow my consciousness to leak out, and I was stimulated out of existence. It was a painful death, but it was satisfying. My suffering brought to light the deficiencies of my life and the choices before my observation. I was wasting precious time. I gripped the pencil so hard that the blood drained from my fingers. Have I felt pain? True pain? Since my last observation? I could not recall. I stood and walked over to my kitchenette. I dipped my hand in the cold, cloudy water of yesterday's dishes. I touched the steel handle of my second largest knife. I drew the blade out of the water and let the tip drip like raindrops over the underside of my left forearm. The tip and gentle curve of the blade reminded me of a rock spire from the world I visited. It was thin slate freshly exhumed by a recent shift in tectonic plates, but already pitted by acid rain. I wanted it to be a part of me, like a scar or tattoo. A souvenir of pain caused by time and distance. Those were the wounds that never seemed to heal. doing? I tossed the wet knife back into the water. I shook the beads of water off my arm and returned to my notes. I tried to find the words to add to my musings, but I was either too drunk or too tired to find the proper place or vehicle again. I closed the notebook and ran the tip of my finger down the edge of the pages. The sound was disconnected from the muted touch of the paper. I took my hollow body to the bathroom and then my bed. I laid awake thinking about Kessie. 
I wanted a family. Her smug smile and bright eyes lingered in my mind when I closed my eyes. I wondered if she enjoyed being alone more than being with me. I craved the symbiosis of love and trust, the stability of time-tested institution. I tried to imagine a young family, Cassie's womb swollen with our seed. Her eyes remained bright circles in my imagination, but deep, dark pits swirled around them. Her smug smile remained as she cradled the swell of her belly like it was a ball in a game of keep-away. We have a repeat today. Yes. He's a class two that gave positive feedback about a month ago. Hmm... Make sure he's comfortable. Prefer a slightly higher dose. Nothing extreme. Just enough to make sure he was not being polite on the form. I understand. Anything else? Who's working reception? Sam. Make sure she asks all the questions. If he makes it through without caving, I will observe him personally. It has been some time since our last repeat. Should I clear your afternoon? No, leave it. For now. It was difficult to recall my initial feelings on the day of my first observation. I tried to remember as I exited public transportation and neared my destination. I must have been nervous. I was nervous now. I was nervous about every damn thing. The observatory was near the city limits, a flat brick building with a giant metal dome on top. I remembered reading that the dome used to house an instrument called a telescope before the city grew to encompass these outskirts. I could not remember the details of how the telescope worked or when it was removed, but it had been cleared out of the building when more efficient means of observation were developed. I walked up the wet steps, and a security guard opened the tinted glass door for me. The receptionist smiled as I walked twenty feet or so to her window. There were four other people waiting in chairs. No one in line. Oh, good morning, the receptionist said. The chipper's syllables sounded like a chime. She was much younger than the stiff, elderly gentleman who staffed the booth during my first visit. Good morning, I replied. Name? Uh, Mick. She rifled through a short stack of papers. Here you are. I see that this is your second term of service. Her eyes shot back to the top of the page as she confirmed my information. Her eyes were pleasantly patterned blue saucers. Her makeup was light. She bit her lower lip with her small white teeth. We don't get many second timers. You must be really brave. Oh, stupid. <laughs> I blurted. She smiled despite my blunder. <laughs> I've not had my observation yet. She admitted. I thought for sure I'd get my summons as soon as I started this job. But... 
So far, so good. How long have you worked here? Just under a year. I wanted to say something about a year not being a very long time, but I could not get the words organized in my head. Has your contact information changed since you served? No. Since you've served before, I already have your forms, but I still need to ask you some questions. She turned to a printed list of questions that had small boxes beside them. Do you choose to serve today by your own volition? Yes. Did anyone try to convince you to serve today? Someone tried to convince me not to serve, but that doesn't count, does it? Her smile faltered at the awkward answer, but she checked the box. <clears throat> Have you consumed any alcohol in the last two days? No. I lied. Do you have a history of substance abuse? No. Do you have any questions about your rights while you serve today? No. Do you have any medical impediments that would prevent you from serving today? No. Any heart conditions or chest pain? No. Headache? Nope. Any viral symptoms over the past three days? No. Are you aware that by serving today, you will experience a death-like state? Yes. Are you aware that serving today will cause pain, which may range from moderate to excruciating? Yes. Are you aware that your subconscious will be observed, and that you will be required to give a full statement while you are still unconscious? Yes. Are you aware that you will be required to take a survey about your experience once you are conscious? Yes. Are you aware that your answers to the survey will determine your eligibility for future service? I am. Great. Sign here. She said, checking the final box. I signed the paper. I will call you back when we're ready for you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. The repeat is ready to be taken to room five. Anything from the front end? Sam thought he was nervous. He may have lied on question three. Do you want blood work? No. What dosage did you prepare? I prepared a 1.25 dose. Make it an even one and a half. If there are traces of alcohol in his system, we will want an extra push. I sat in the tilted treatment chair and tried to remember if this was the same room as last time. There were no windows or decor. The only features of the room were the mechanical chair, a counter and sink on the far wall, a door to a small restroom, and a black metal cupboard. A light courtesy knock sounded on the door and I cleared my throat. The door opened before I could say come in. Hello, Mick. You probably don't remember me, but I was your nurse last time you came in for observation. Remind me of your name? I said. She sighed. It's not important. You won't remember me this time either. Did you use the facilities? Uh, yes, yeah. What do you remember about your last observation? I remember dying. Was it painful? Yes. Oh, I am sorry. 
She patted my knee. What can you tell me about the location where you died? Didn't you take my statement while I was unconscious? Yes. I have it right here in your file. I want to know what you remember. Hot and desolate. Mountains and natural arches. Very scenic. Yellow star. I wrote a poem. Any life? <laughs> I wish there was. Why do you say that? Isn't that what this is about? Aren't we observing the universe to prove that we're not alone? Analytics isn't my department. Do you have any questions? Will I be experiencing the same world as before? We don't use that word here. What word? World. They're planets. Sorry. The same planet, then? Oh, stranger things have happened, but it's very unlikely. Your dosage will be slightly more this time, and we'll be tapping different frequencies on our end. The rest is up to your unique physiology. Any other questions? Uh, no. She nodded and went to the cabinet. She produced a key and opened the door. Inside were two prepared hypodermic needles. This'll pinch. She tapped the fluid to check for bubbles. She unsheathed the thin needle and brought it to my arm. I bared my upper arm and looked away. She rubbed my skin with something wet, and I smelled alcohol. A moment later, the naked needle bit. It was sharp and cold. The foreign sensation flowed down my arm and into my chest. My heart fluttered, and I took a deep breath. That was the catalyst, and a little something to slacken your mind. Can you count for me? I nodded, but my head didn't move. I... I, I can't. She laughed. <laughs> It's okay. Do your best. Ah! She thumped a second hypodermic. Mm. She jabbed me without preparing the spot. Um. Uh, um. Pain blossomed uh. from the prick. My body felt heavy and weak. It felt like my bones chipped and splintered under a sudden shift to greater gravity. Help! I managed to gasp but it came out more as a gargle. The nurse ignored my plea. She stepped to the cabinet and aptly installed cavity-filling earplugs in her ears. My breath grew loud and labored. My teeth ached with unwarranted grievances. I groped at my mouth and I drooled all over my fingers and shirt. I reached out and caught the nurse by her sleeve. She slapped my wet hand away which sent waves of pain rippling through my flesh. The nurse sanitized her hands and left the room, leaving me to fight for breath. My eyelids grew heavy. Impossible time passed between breaths. My throat was a dry well. The pain changed to a constant instead of a surge and ebb. I became aware of a low and distracting hum. 
When was my last breath? My thoughts were fire that consumed my sight. I drifted bodiless. My thoughts were rigid and came to me in chunks and flashes. I drifted on an invisible string. An internal friction irked me as I was pushed along. I felt like a silk-spinning insect, pushing myself along my own excretion. Something large loomed in front of me. The creature from my poem, with the four twisting arms and a giant black eye, stared at me. I hurtled towards it, and it reached out to grab me. The creature grew brighter as I neared. burned in its brilliance. You have been listening to Cryopod Tapes. Today's story was Observation, Part 1, written by Jacob Chapman, starring Debs Wardle as Kessie, Mars Lepowski as the Doctor, Emma Griffiths as the Nurse, Justine Ghosty as Sam the Receptionist, and Ted Huggins as Mick and the Narrator. This episode was directed and produced by Ted Huggins. The original music was also produced by Ted Huggins. Cryopod Tapes is always looking for original, captivating stories just like this one. If you have a short story and are interested in turning it into a full episode just like this one, then please send it to cryopodtapespodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the episode or the podcast as a whole, please leave a nice review. So thank you all again so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next tape.